This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Wednesday, February 23rd, 20. 22. I almost forgot it was. 20. Yeah. Man, I don't know what year it is either. This week has been a long month already. Yeah. Uh, it is snowing in the great state of Utah. But we're not there, so who cares? Oh. Uh, yeah. We'll be back in Utah next week. It is only Wednesday. Yeah. We got to talk a little uh, frozen peen on this show. Frozen peen. The greatest injury in the history of the Olympics is one that I'm curious about the anatomy of. No pun intended. Uh, How do you keep your kids entertained in the car? Do you allow them to play Xbox in the back seat? We got to talk about Phil Mickelson. Bro. KPMG has dumped Phil Mickelson. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. We told you last week that there was this Saudi golf tour thing. Is Americanism real? Because I feel like now we're like obviously headed to war with Russia over Ukraine. Right in the whole Russian is our enemy thing last night thing dealio. This is fucking America. Yeah, like is is like Americanism a real thing? Because this Saudi golf tour deal is starting to turn into like a controversial thing. It's like turning into a right. a deal now. Now, granted, Phil Mickelson took it a step further, but is like pro America bias real? Yes. You think it is? Yeah. I okay. mean, yeah. I hope it is. It should be, I think very certainly. Uh it should be real. But we'll talk about Phil Mickelson and um all of that. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you. He says, "Well, well, well, if it isn't Monty and Jake in the morning. Sup?" Hey guys. Sup. Morning, fellas. Yes, he should play them to add some value for trades in the future. Okay, Rudy. Well. Tao Unga says, how was the dinner last night? Oh, yeah, we went out to dinner with uh, Krabby Pants. Keep it real. Yeah, we we did. We it was fine because we didn't talk about anything. We'll tell you about the creepy house, like the murder mansion and all that. We'll, We'll tell you about. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Bro, when you walk into somebody's house and they have a bowl of spent, you know, like shell casings on the, on the coffee table, it's kind of indicative how the night's going to go. Yeah. You know, like. Sets the tone. It's real early, you know. Talk about keeping it real. Yeah, dude. Home, Keep it real. Yeah, homeboy has a bowl of spent shell casings and on I'm the coffee table. I'm not talking about nine. I'm talking about like five, five, six style shell casings. Like, yeah. He kept it realer. Yeah. Keep it real. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. But I want to start with uh, Quinn Snyder and winning a PS5 after you buy one of our You're a Casual shirts. Um, you want to support the show? There it is. You're a casual. 25 bucks. Um, we take Venmo. You can DM Jake at SLC Supercars. Um, hook it up. Size small through three X is available. You're a casual. 
Um, you can also win a PS5. Now, again, yesterday, I, I think we were just over 3,200 or something stupid like that. Right. Um, for subs. Subs. By the way, I just got an email saying that my car's warranty needs to be, uh, I need to evaluate my car's warranty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we stop the shame? <laughs> Uh, we are at 3,264, oh, so that was awesome yesterday. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. But uh, when we get to 5,000, so we're rapidly approaching that, we're going to give away a PS5. All you have to do is follow us on uh, TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. My video of me throwing a uh, rock star can into a garbage can was removed from TikTok. Why? Because I cursed in that video. Is this the dagger? Come on, guys. I have been filtered by TikTok because I cursed in a video. You know, they're infringing on your rights. It's crazy. Uh, you, you know, know like, that's what I'm is, saying. It just is. U.S. Americans. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So follow us on TikTok. Follow us on um, all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. And uh, yeah, hit subscribe here and you can win in uh, PS5. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. You're casual. Um, we are casuals, as it was so succinctly pointed out in the YouTube comments <laughs> yesterday. Um, I Listen, I don't mind talking about the Jazz on a daily basis. I mean, it is what a lot of people come to the show for. We like to meet that expectation. But the one thing that I think you can count on us for is that we are not going to sugarcoat our comments. And I think some people would like us to, hey, um, can you sign, shine some bright sunshine on the jazz? Nope. We tell the truth on this show. And the truth right now is Quinn Snyder has a choice to make. Do you play the young guys and try to develop them and bring them up and hope that they can help you win games now, knowing they'll be able to help you in the future? Or do you continue to play veterans like Rudy Gay and uh, Daniel House and hope that they can win now because they won't be part of the future. It is a real conundrum for Quinn Snyder in this Utah Jazz organization. I'm telling you now, there's only one guy you need to worry about, and that's Jared Butler, and he should be playing. I will continue to say I think that Trent Forrest has a very limited role in the NBA. I, I have. I, it would be shocking to me if somebody with his shot mechanics – was ever an elite level three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. I am sure his three-point shot will improve. I am sure his free throws will improve. His highest best use is get into the paint, dunk the ball, and play defense. That's what his, his deal is. He's a 15-minute-a-night role player in this league. I say the same thing about Yudoka Azubuki. Doak is a guy that is athletically limited, and we know what that's like on most of this roster right now. Yudoka Azubuki is never going to be a gifted athlete at the center position. He is a plodding, lumbering center. And in my opinion, that doesn't play well in the NBA today. The guy that has tremendous upside right now, as far as bench guys, is Jared Butler. Mm -hmm. And yet, inexplic inexplicably, he is not playing. And he has taken terrible shots. He has turned the ball over. I get it. He can play through that. My point is, and the reason I so passionately believe that Quinn Snyder needs to commit to developing the young guys most pointedly, Jared Butler, is because the money situation, the draft pick situation, and his topside ability. 
the projection of Jared Butler, Jake, is why I think you have to commit to going young. Yeah, well, and I also think that, you know, where you're going with the team says you should go young. I mean, if you really – because, again, what do we always talk about on the show? And this is what I think people can't forget about. I mean, you know, we're always seemingly talking about on the show, and, we're again, we're not the only ones saying it now in, in Salt Lake, that, that this team is not championship uh, material. Uh, their playoff material, their second round, maybe even Western Conference Finals material, but they're not NBA Finals material. And and so when when with that being the case, I, I just don't understand why this is such a uh, a tough you know like conundrum or or issue or choice really even if you know that you're not good enough to win a win a championship in the front office, then why would Quinn Snyder be playing and running the team as if you are? And that's the thing that I'm kind of curious about. I don't even think it's a discussion that you should be playing the young guys. It's not no, a not discussion that, that that Jared Butler should be getting 25 minutes a night right now. It's not a discussion. You're a mid-table team in the Western Conference. Everybody on this team knows that they are not better than the Golden State Warriors. They are not better than the Phoenix Suns. They're just not. And, and we can all say that about other teams too. I mean, there are a few teams in the league who are better than those two, you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. So with that being the case, why is it so difficult for Quinn Snyder and this front office to get on the same page and say, hey, we should be developing these guys? Again, I always point back to, speaking of the Warriors, how they handled, you know, Kaminga, Wiseman, how they handled the no Draymond, no Clay you know, run of games, which was, what was that, like 60, 70 games without both of them. And then obviously now Draymond's Clay, still out. Yeah. Now Clay has been out for, you know, obviously he's back, but he had been out for two years. Like, like that was a long window in time. You know, what's the difference between, you know, not being, not being NBA finals worthy because of injury and not being NBA finals worthy because you just don't have talent on the roster. It doesn't matter why. You're not NBA Finals worthy. So no, like, so you know that. Take advantage of this time. You know what's coming this summer. You know that big change is coming to this roster this summer. So that's what's so befuddling to me. I don't think that, that Quinn is doing a bad job. I don't think that you know he's some terrible coach. I do think that he's been here going on a decade now, whatever it's been, like eight, nine seasons, or almost at a decade at this point. And I agree with the people saying that it is time for, for a change. But that change isn't coming until next season. Yeah, and I don't know that there really is change to be made with this roster. And this is something, obviously, we've talked about a lot on this show. I think when you look at the roster, the way it's constructed, and you look at, you know, like the guys that have the most upside on this team, I mm -hmm. think there's no doubt it's Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think when you look at, at, at the guys truly who are under contract right now, that are going to be here in the long term. Right now, there's only three that I can think of. And that absolutely would be Don, Rudy, and Jared Butler. Those three, you have to, in my opinion, put every piece of effort you have, every asset you have, you need to deploy that to grow those three guys. Because I think they have the most upside. I mean, you look at the rest of the guys in this rotation, I think we we all like Eric Pascal. I'd like to see him get more minutes, but I think we know what he is. Yes. Right? He's a limited performer. He has a purpose. I think absolutely he has a purpose. That's the right way to put that. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Thank I you. think if you look at guys like Royce O'Neal or Boyan Bogdanovich, you, you can pick any guy you want, Rudy Gay. 
These guys are limited dudes. Like, they're at their ceiling already. You know who they are. <laughs> you know, and frankly, a guy like uh, a Boyan is probably on the way down. Mm -hmm. He's not on the way up. There's right. no development there. Right. So when you look at, at, at the guys that truly have big upside potential, I, I mean, the unknown in Jared Butler is what should fascinate you. You don't. I don't think we even know how good Donovan Mitchell can be when he is fully developed. Uh, my opinion, again, is Donovan Mitchell can be the best player in the NBA. If he is fully developed and he reaches his absolute ceiling, which most guys will never do, Don has the ability to be the best player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Go all in on that. Everything you can do to get Donovan Mitchell to that top side. Yeah. To reach as much of his potential as possible. I... I think that's what you have to do. This idea that you're going to continue, and with all due respect to Daniel House, like, hey, man, you're a guy that's been a, a, a transient player for a reason. You're on 10 days for a reason. We know you. We've seen this movie before. Right. Right? Mike Conley, we know you. We've seen this movie before. Right. Like, we know all of these guys. We don't know what the absolute offensive upside of Rudy Gobert is. We don't know what the absolute total package on Donovan Mitchell is. And we haven't even begun to see even the the best part of Jared Butler's game. I mean, he is a he is an unpolished gem who's never going to get polished if you don't put him in the game. So that's why I say you have to go young. Yeah. I I think the tipping point here is you owe it to these players. You owe it to the the certainly to these fans mm -hmm. to win every game possible yeah to go as far as you can go but i don't think the two are mutually exclusive i don't think developing and and building this team on and off the floor around donovan mitchell means you can't win yeah i agree i think there's a there's a there's a median like there's a a middle ground you have to find I, yes I mean, again you know, I know I keep pointing to the Warriors, but they see they do this seamlessly. You know, they they're getting they're getting Kaminga. You know, like Kaminga's role has has expanded on that team, and it's only expanded because they've ramped up his minutes. and And it's not when I say they ramped up his minutes, it's not like we're suggesting Jared Butler should go from five minutes a night to thirty minutes a night. That's not what we're saying. We're saying okay, you know, if he's playing five minutes right now, let's bump him to ten minutes. Let's right. double his minutes, but that's still not a lot of minutes. You know, I mean, that's just not that impactful on the game. Now, I think when you look at the Jared Butler situation and you compare that to, you know, where Donovan Mitchell is at and like his developmental curve, I think that Don was a better player coming into the league than Jared Butler was, right? I think Don's yeah, more been ready. Way, like been, you know, way ahead of, of where Jared Butler is when Don was in that same position. So I think it's two different situations, you know, it's two different developmental arcs, but I think the point is, is that you know what's, again, I can't say this enough, you know what's coming this summer, you know that moves are going to happen, you know that you're going to remake this this team, and so to me, I just, I just would be committed to that, I'm not saying to tank or to intentionally lose games, what I am saying is, is it too much to ask to play Jared Butler, you know, 10, maybe 15 minutes a night if you really want to push it? You know, is that I, I just don't feel like that's too much to ask. You know, like I I feel like it, it's it's convenient to play, you know, Doak and Jared Butler when you have all these injuries, but it's it's not convenient to play them when the starters and the regulars are healthy. So you don't. Well, and the hard part is these guys have all shown 
potential. I mean, Jared Butler, for everything that he hasn't done when, when COVID hit this team, you know, it's why it, it like guys like Elijah Hughes, it's so frustrating. Yes. Elijah Hughes goes berserk in that one game, hits those threes. Like you feel like, all right, now we're starting to see what we've all heard. And when the Chris Brickley summer tape and now he's not here. Pack your shit. Let's go. You know, like it, the, the frustrating part is you see Jared Butler in the G League. You see Jared Butler in Summer League. You see Jared – like – You see you, him in the NBA. I you, mean, he shows – Flashes, yeah. right? It's it's Trent Forrest. Why are we not seeing Trent Forrest improve his three-point shooting? Why are we not seeing offensive development out of Rudy Gobert? Like, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be the master of the obvious, but I think if I'm a talent evaluator – I'm doing everything I can do to get Rudy Gobert to be somebody that can score the ball on his own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm paying the guy $41 million. Where's the development? Yeah. That's my biggest question. So when I look at this stuff and everybody tells me, oh, like, you know, you you listen to Bowler and you listen to, uh, you know, you listen to Booner and you listen to all, you know, David Locke will tell you, oh, this team develops the young guys. Where? Where is that? What's and, the example? And it's like you're paying the tax man now. You know, you've made all this money and now you got to pay your taxes and you're yeah. not, you're not, you know, like I, I, where's the profit on guys like Gobert, on Jared Butler, uh, on Dante Exum, on all these guys that have been busts on the Trey Lyles of the world. Now, granted, you turn those guys into other dudes, you turn Trey Lyles into, to Dante uh, or excuse me, into Donovan Mitchell, which is great. That's fantastic. That's exactly what you should do and what you need to do. Yeah. But at some point, you 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 have to understand that you wasted a generation of draft picks. Yeah. And you have nothing to show for that, and you have no draft picks, and you have no young develop young. You have no young guys who you've developed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say to round this out, you got to go all in on Jer- on on Jared Butler. In my opinion, you you've got to do everything that you can do to bring him up because I, I don't see another guy that's got the growth potential that he's got. Well, and I just think it's like, why wouldn't you? I, why, why does going in on Jared Butler like somehow get spun into a bad thing? I, I feel like when I see, you know, the fan base or media members or, you know, like when I hear people talking about this, they're having the conversation from the standpoint of, well, we either got to win or we got to develop people. It's like, no, dude, you have examples in the league of teams doing both. Yes. And, and I don't know why that's such a... It, Not teams. You have examples in the NBA of the elite teams doing both. Yeah. Like, you look at Giannis. Look at the development of, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look at the jump shot. Look at the mid-range game. This guy was embarrassing from the, from the shooting position. Yes. He, it, Giannis was embarrassing just two years ago. Yeah. Last year, he wasn't a good shooter. They win a championship. This year, the guy's freaking elite. I'm for real. He's an elite shooter in the mid-range. Mm-hmm. How is that not happening a- at all in this generation of jazz, in the modern NBA, mm-hmm. in the modern Utah jazz era? Show me where you've had a guy that's completely developed into a star in this league. Where is it? And I'm not talking about like, oh, Ennis Cantor. Like, Ennis Cantor sucked when he was here. Ennis Cantor sucked when he left, and he's out of the league now as Ennis Freedom. I'm not talking about that kind of guy. Yeah. Where's the Gordon Hayward topside development? Maybe maybe you got all you could have gotten out of Gordon Hayward. 
Maybe you got all that you could have gotten out of Trey Burke. Maybe you got all that you could have gotten out of Dante Exum. But have you gotten all you can get out of Rudy Gobert? That's my frustration is mm -hmm. that you're putting Rudy Gobert up as, a, as, as this unbelievable defensive player, but you've done nothing to give him an offensive arsenal. And teams have figured it out. Teams have figured out how to beat what you have. And, and that, to me, is what really would be motivating me if I was the Jazz. Hey, the NBA, the rest of the teams in the league know who we are. They know how to beat us. They know like they know yeah. our limitations. They know, you know, how to put put us in positions, you know, uh to to not be as successful. And they're only able to put us in those positions because certain players have limitations. So yeah. it's not the developmental conversation that I feel like is happening a lot lately. The Jazz are not some elite developmental franchise. And anybody who tells you that I, I, I'm just not sure whether what what they're looking at or what examples they would point to. Because again, I'm not a I'm not going to be the guy who sits here and says that Bowler Jack you know doesn't watch jazz games. Obviously, the guy watches jazz games. Obviously, the guy has you know a bit of a biased opinion. But you know to sit here and say that this is a, a developmental organization, I think is quite a stretch. To, even if you're Bowler Jack. Well, I want to read some. <laughs> Excuse me, YouTube comments from Xavier Pena, amongst others. Yesterday, he said, it's almost embarrassing for you guys hearing these awful jazz takes. So what you're saying is you want Quinn and the jazz to do the same thing over and over and not build reps trying new things. Um, super casual. Yeah, casual. I said to him, what show are you listening to? We, pl uh, we said play the young guys. We said work through Donovan. He said if Quinn could, he would trust that. Look back at when Spider ran the second units as a point. He wasn't effective as he was on the wing, and his injuries come when Spider came off the point. No, his injuries came when it doesn't matter where he was, point guard, not point guard, on the ball, not on the ball. He went to the basket, and he, in the playoffs, he injured his ankle. That's who he was last year. He has, he has changed the way he attacks the basket now. You do not see him in traffic trying to dunk on dudes. What I think is so funny about that comment is you're calling us casuals for our takes, but then in the same breath, you're saying that the reason Quinn doesn't play Donovan at point is because when Don was a young guy, he didn't do well at point. So you're agreeing with us that the Jazz don't develop guys, right? That's what you're saying? And by the way, he does play him at point. Like, he is. He, I mean, he is your backup point guard right now. So this is this is kind of my point in the whole situation, right? Everybody has an opinion on it, but you there it, you can't. There's not an obvious guy that you can go to and be like, yes, they took this guy from pretty low to pretty damn good. I would say that Giannis Antetokounmpo's jump shot was basically trash. He it was a two motion jump shot. It was not controlled. He had no feel of it. And now the guy's hitting the Kobe baseline fade with regularity. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. development, bro. And I know the guy is gifted athletically. I know that he's got, you know, gifts, you know, with his body, like his length and what he's able to do inside that frame. But I'm telling you, no matter what your body is or how athletic you are, if you don't have feel for the basketball in your hand and you're not able to shoot, you're going to struggle in the league. So what did they do? They fixed that, and they did it in under a year. That is incredibly difficult It's crazy. To do. It, it's crazy. He also goes on to rant about a bunch of stuff about how there was a Trey Burke, Trey Lyles era. 
I don't think that was an era of jazz basketball. He says, um, Booker hasn't even seen consistent playoff young. Neither did Curry. He was a bench-warming BD. What is BD? I don't even know what that means. Um, Steph Curry's never been a bench warmer. Steph Curry was a guy that immediately came in and had an impact. They committed to developing his body right away. So wait, they gave him minutes as a young guy to let him play. But Spida was coming off player of the month this season. Last year led the number one team. Screw the youngsters. He needs 40 minutes. Spida needs 40 minutes, if you ask me, throughout the season. So you're willing to wear Donovan Mitchell out, your best player. And all we've talked about this year, this is what I don't understand about jazz fans. Yeah. All we've talked about this year is making sure that you prioritize health over playoff seating. Health over playoff seating. Because if you're healthy in the playoffs, supposedly you can beat anybody. <laughs> so play him 40 minutes. Um, like, I just look at these comments, and and I really don't understand. Like, I think, I think that it is... I think a guy like Caleb on our uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners said mm -hmm. a lot will depend on rotation, who's healthy and who's not. I agree with you um that Eric Pascal needs about 15 minutes and depending on what how much Mike Conley can provide for the Jazz when it counts will be crucial. So many things will have to go right for this team to win it all. Thanks. That is a guy who knows basketball, who clearly understands the Jazz. Yeah. The last line there, so many things will have to go right. Like Kay Nuren, the Jazz are not a team anymore. Danny just needs to blow it all up. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys all big, mar big tech Marxism. Says Rudy actually has hit three-pointers quite well in scrimmages and wants to add these to his game. Draymond is nowhere near as great as Rudy on defense. Um, I would beg to differ. Yeah. I think Draymond Green is a perennial defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, all the numbers during real time, during games that are part of the matter points per possession, et cetera, and on the floor has been backed up by David Locke. Okay. Hey, I, look, David Locke works for the team. Do you really think that David Locke would give Draymond Green any accolades at all whatsoever? And here's the deal. Come on now. Th this is the other. I'm so glad we got a comment about stats. I, I, I have a lot of respect for people who formulate opinions off stats because, you know, stats are numbers that are that are put out by players. Right. And you can make you can basically make any kind of argument. Right. It's the age old LeBron versus Jordan versus Kobe argument. And you've got stack guy, legacy guy and guy who only watched Kobe. Yeah. You know. And, and I think when you look at this team and you look at the stats, you know, you if you just look at the stat sheet, Rudy Gobert's an MVP. If you just look at the stat sheet, other guys are just MVPs. But yeah. it's not just the, the, the score box. It's not just the stat sheet. It is the, the impact you have on the game. And, again, I think Draymond is such an interesting example. Yesterday on the show it got brought up that Draymond's, like, obsessed with Rudy Gobert. I don't think that Draymond's obsessed with Rudy Gobert. I think Draymond's a Hall of Famer. I think he's won championships, and he knows how to get in your head before you're even in his building. And the one thing that Draymond clearly does better than Rudy Gobert is unite his team. That team is is when Draymond, when it's Dre, Steph, and Clay, Draymond Green's running that team. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the best teams in the league with those three on the floor. He is not a good three point shooter, but he can make threes. He's an elite passer. He's an elite distributor. He's an elite rebounder. He's an elite low block defender. Mm -hmm. Draymond Green. Um, who can defend essentially two through five. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, 
Rudy Gobert is a great player. Why do we have to compare him to Draymond Green? Well, by the way, they're completely different players. You can't give Rudy the ball and say, run up the floor and be our point guard. Yeah. I mean, Draymond Green, when that team was setting NBA records and being elite, Draymond Green was running point for them. Yeah. Like, I, it just, they're two different players. Have enough respect for Rudy Gobert that you don't need to compare him to every other center in the league. Yeah. Rudy Gobert is in a unique situation. He's a unique fit for this team. It's exceptionally rare to be built around a center. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says Draymond is a casual and doesn't even watch jazz games. I would I agree mean, with that. He's, he's casual. He's you know? a casual. Yeah. You know. Yep. yep. You know. Uh, Mexi says Quinn's stubbornness not playing the young guys is a joke. Butler's a stud and should be Conley's backup. I don't disagree with that. Keep it real. Yeah, Mexi, I don't know that I'd call him a stud yet, but his upside is incredible. Ethan says Jared Butler is neither given minutes nor, or, nor waived. Yeah, it, it, if you're not going to play Jared Butler up here, you, pra you don't practice enough mm. to keep him up. Right. Right? You don't. Now, during the all-star break, you would hope that, you know, the guys who aren't all-stars that you're working out together, you're like, there's value in that. But if you're not going to play him, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes a night, I don't know why he's up here. Exactly. I, I really don't. He needs, and the problem is he goes down to the G League and what's he do? Lights it up. He, he owns dominates. people. He's a 4A player right now. Yes. He is, he is good enough to dominate the G League. But the NBA game is too fast for him. And so he's got to play minutes. Totally so it agree. slows down for him. Uh, Tanner Plummer uh, says, if the Jazz don't develop their young guys, they'll be mediocre bad after Don, Rudy, and Conley are done playing. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, Jared Butler says, Draymond is a casual and doesn't even watch Jazz games. It's so good I read it twice. Yeah, well, casual. The next shirt should say, you should say something positive about the Jazz. Seriously, Tanner. Uh, the Beast says, good morning, you called. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, not no, no, I don't. You know, I'm not. Uh, Jeremy. Let's see. Tanner says, if Quinn gets canned next season, who would you replace him with? Jeremy replied to that by saying, I swear if I hear Sam Cassell's name come up, I'm going to punch myself in the face. <laughs> Video or it didn't happen. Um, Jeremy Bolton says the jazz should hire the Jimmer. The J-I-M-M-E-R. Thank wow. you. Wow. To be Rudy's yeah! shooting coach. Giggity, what's up with you? Um, how uh, the Rocket Man says, how would you compare where the Suns are to where the Jazz are? I feel like they're – well, and then I don't know what you said because your comment got filtered. I feel like where the Jazz are is that the Suns have passed the Jazz. The Suns were this really terrible organization, didn't spend money, didn't bring in free agents, didn't draft well, nothing. Yeah. Like, they were just playing out the string until Devin Booker went to the Lakers. Yeah. And then they got this arena deal done and a practice facility deal done. And there was a sex scandal and an HR scandal. Oh, and for real. Then they went out and got Monty Williams. And they went out and got Chris Paul. And they went out and got JaVale. And they got all these, all these guys who have played hugely important minutes in hugely important games. And they go to the Western Conference Finals and win. They go to the NBA Finals and lose. And all of a sudden, they're the best team in the NBA this year mm -hmm. because all that experience helped develop their young guys. Imagine that. And now guys like, you know, Mikhail Bridges is a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's one of the best players in his position in the NBA. Yeah. You look at a guy in Cam Johnson, 
turning into an elite shooter, and now he's attacking the basket. I, I look at DeAndre Ayton, and he's a stud. And you know what they all have in common? They're all on rookie deals. They're all young guys. They drafted well. They suffered. They, you know, developed. And now they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NBA. Yeah, man. Like, that's the process. And they have, and you know what the difference is? They have a guy in Monty Williams as her head coach who not only has the best first name ever in Monty. Right. But he's also one of the best developmental teaching coaches in the NBA. Here's the game plan. He relates to young black men in the NBA. Yeah. Right? He is a well-respected head coach. And I think he's doing it right because he's got a young, well-respected general manager who has been able to compartmentalize Bobby Sarver. What a shitbag that guy is. They've been able to compartmentalize him and keep him away. And it's really been James Jones, his operations team, and Monty Williams taking a roster that was was – rudderless and developing it and you look at Devin Booker's game and you look at the way that Devin's grown his game over the last three seasons and you start to understand that this is not accidental like Chris Paul showed up and Devin Booker turned into an elite mid-range player wet like I'm you know like that's to me Chris Paul is what this jazz team needs. Mm-hmm. You need a veteran that's well respected that Donovan Mitchell will listen to. And that's not Mike Conley. It's not Mike Conley. It's not it, it is clearly not Mike Conley. Yeah. Right? So I I think it's I think it's a really interesting point. Um, you know, I just yeah. Anyway, BB says, "It's sad I should not be wanting guys like Royce and Clarkson to get injured." Just to see the young guys. Well, I, I agree with you. You should stop it and get and injured. And it's sad. That's what it takes. Well, well, and it shouldn't. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is a really valuable guy. Mm-hmm. Either in trade or what he gives you. I just think that Quinn, Quinn has to overuse Jordan Clarkson because where else is he going to go? Well, I think I think, I think think that Quinn is, is somebody who... I mean, you love the guy, right? But at the same time, he's been a bit stubborn in this whole thing. I mean, you're, you're. I understand you don't have endless options off the bench, but, but you're, you're fighting. You're basically fighting to hold off the future. Tomorrow is here, right now. The, the next, the, the transition totally process is here. And, 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 and again, I, I think, again, I have the luxury of not being a Jazz fan and not have, you know, I didn't grow up in Utah and I don't have some allegiance to the team and I don't view everything, like, in an emotional way. I look at this team and I say it's great that that this team, you know, can make a playoff run and can win a series and then get knocked out in the second round. That's great, but we've been there before. And, I, and I, again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative or be, frankly, be like an asshole about it. I'm not. <laughs> like, But when you look at this team, like, if I was coaching this team, I would go to Zanuck and Ainge, and I would say, hey, here's what I think we all agree that that we're a couple guys short here of an NBA Finals appearance, which is all that, you know, that's our expectation. To me, that's all that matters. Like, so why would we not start working in? Because, again, I think everybody thinks it's this huge shift from playing all the starters to just playing all the young guys. That's not what it is. It's not this drastic thing. It's simply just working these guys into the game for five to seven minute runs. It's better seasoning in the soup. Man. Yeah, that's, dude. That's, that's all, all it is. is I man. mean, and I, I, Eric Devera says the initial reason Butler was drafted 
was the idea that he would be Conley's backup so Conley can load manage games. Yes. And be the white side for Gobert should the playoffs come. Yes. But Jared Butler isn't getting those minutes. And I don't understand that because I actually agree with you. I think Jared Butler was drafted and we all celebrated so hard when Jared Butler was drafted because it was the exact right guy. Yes. Until you haven't developed him or played him almost at all. It's it's head-shaking. Good morning, Teddy Wayman. Good morning, Forrest G. The Blind Swordsman DS says, uh, Eric, then why is he not getting more minutes? No idea. Monty Jimmered again. Well, I didn't say I would never say Jimmer again. I said that particular – I can't even remember what we were talking about with, <coughs> with with the J-I-M-M-E-R, but – I don't know either. You know. Yeah. You know. Okay, it, good it, it, it is what it is. Why do um, – I don't know. That's an interesting question. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says Jazz need to burn it down. Wow. I agree with that. Um, we'll see. I, I don't necessarily know that burn it down – I think it depends on how you do that. Yeah, again, everybody just wants to go to pour a bunch of gas on this thing and light it on fire. <laughs> That's not always the best approach, man. My feeling is I would, I would, I mean, legit, I would trade everybody that's not named Donovan Mitchell. I would. I mean, it, it, and I, I think, again, all of this to say I would replace Quinn Snyder over the summer. Uh, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be available. Well, and I don't think they know who it is. I think they what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, let's bring talent in. And then, well, you could go one of two ways, I guess. You could hire a head coach first and then bring talent in that yeah. that, that fits that system. Or you can go the other way. Uh, it's probably a situation where they'd bring in a coach first, honestly, because that kind of opens up some options. But I, I think it's too soon to be having the who's going to replace Quinn Snyder conversation. But I don't think it's too soon to be saying that this is probably his last season. Yeah, I don't think that it, that's too soon. I mean, I, I think when you look at the the young guys, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, obviously, you know, the bigger names are going to be – I mean, Jaron Collins is one of the hotter names in the coaching circles, right? I, I think if you're going to replace Quinn Snyder – you have to do somebody. You have to hire somebody that Donovan would view favorably. I would absolutely do my level best to find a young black coach to lead this team. Monty Williams, uh, mm -hmm. a Monty Williams style coach. Absolutely, I would. I, I, I think that that is really incredible. Really incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't. But, but then again, I think that's what Portland tried to do with Chauncey Billups. And I think that's a that's a huge that was a that was a shit show. Big mistake. That was a Big disaster. Big mistake. Um, so I don't know what I don't know what the right thing to do with that is. Um, you know, I look at at some of the guys around the league. I look at the JB Bickerstaffs or the um, Stephen Silas's of the league. I don't think that works here. Um, I look at Tyron Lou. I look at Monty Williams, Doc Rivers. You know, I mean, I, I'm not that interested in anybody but Monty Williams in that group. Dwayne Casey in Detroit's an interesting guy. Um, but I, I don't know who that would be because I don't know who's going to be available. Yeah. I would I would love to say a guy like a Nate McMillan, but Nate's not going to be available. Um, you know, I, I, I just. Who's available? It's a great question. Ask me when it, ask me when they fire him. You know, because again, I'd also say is Steve Kerr a guy that you would look at? Yes, it is. Yes. That's a guy, and I would also say that I look at former players exceptionally important. 
A guy like J.J. Redick needs to be an assistant coach in this league if he wants to be. The ball's on him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that you're absolutely going to look at. Look at. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I look at, I look at guys who win. That's why Chauncey Billups was such an attractive candidate. Yes. Outside of his sexual assault settlement. Because he's a championship caliber player. He was one of the best point guards of his generation. Yep. You know, so you want Steve Nash as your head coach. You know when he, because as players, you know when he tells you something, he's been there and he's done that. Yeah. I mean, performance and your, you know, being being a head coach, there's only one of two paths. And this is, this is, uh, is all the time, right? I mean, there's, there's, you know, path A would be, hey, I was this dominant player. I was a LeBron James caliber player. I won a ton of titles. You, you know what I did. Do it the way I'm telling you to do it because it works. There's that path. Then you have path B where it's like you never played ever, but you've been a coach for decades. You've been part of winning organizations. You were the reason that, you know, like Bill Belichick was the reason early in his days great defenses were formed. Or like, you know what I mean? Yes. So you have that, the kudos that way, the respect that way. And I just think that that this is a really important time. Let's be honest. Like this is a really important time for this organization. You're seeing the clock ticking and coming to coming – to, the end of time with this current roster. And I think it kind of scares some people. I think people are very unsure about what's coming. I think people are very apprehensive about the moves that this front office is going to make. Cause let's be honest, as we were just talking about when they drafted Jared Butler, everyone was like, okay, this front office has their stuff together. They're making pragmatic moves and we're going to move in the right direction. But now the execution on that has been pretty bad without playing Jared. So now I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, since they didn't execute on that, what's going to happen this summer? They've lost some faith. So I think, you know, and the trade deadline, frankly, didn't help. That was not a great deal at the trade deadline. No. So I think uh, this summer is important for a myriad of reasons, not just revamping the roster, but I think it's important that this front office proves itself and that Ryan Smith proves that he is willing to do anything it takes to win a championship. Yeah, and, and I don't know that I'm willing to go back on a guy like a Jeff Van Gundy, a Mark Jackson – yeah. You know, somebody like that, like Imi Yudoka, I don't think has done a great job in Boston. You know, Darvin Ham, who's the lead assistant in Milwaukee, is probably the next young uh, head coach to get a job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that work? I don't think it probably does. So when you say, hey, Sam Cassell, I don't know. Sam's never been a head coach. Yeah. You know, like he's clearly he was, yeah, he was a winner. But I want, I, you know, I want, I want the best available coach. I, you know, I wish there was a guy that was the total package. You're probably going to have to take a risk on a guy. Total package. You know, like I, I, I don't – Doc Rivers won a championship with Danny in Boston, and then they hired Brad Stevens, and they haven't won anything. Yeah. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of risk in making a coaching hire. I do. I, I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah. If I'm the Jazz, and I know that my superstar player in Donovan Mitchell values, you know, the, the – values community initiatives he's a young proud black man i'm probably hiring the best young black coach i can get my hands on yeah because that's who he's going my guess is i don't know and i'm not saying donovan wouldn't listen to a white coach but the way this league is trending now you either need to be a superstar player like steve nash who i think's done a fine job in brooklyn he has and he's at the respect of that team you know like i i look at you know 
I look at Tibbs with the Knicks. He's, he, it's a disaster now. But I, I think I'm not right. hiring there's a veteran like, coach. There's like this generation of veteran coaches that are available that like everybody kind of knows and who have yeah. like been around the block. And then you've got, you know, you've got, you know, Buddy in Boston. You've got, uh, you know, you still – is Vanterpool still with uh, Portland or did he leave? Like I don't know where he's at right now. Like you have some options, but I think – you just need to get through the rest of the season, get through the next 25 or four games, whatever it is left, and and then kind of make your bed. Yeah, and I, I think, by the way, you have a head coach now, and you have a really good head coach. I think I think yeah. Quinn Snyder's done a really good job for this team. So, you know, uh, Juan Barocco says, do you think that knowing the Jazz are blowing everything up in the summer would motivate the players for the – I don't. I don't. I, I don't – because I don't necessarily believe that the Jazz will blow it up in the summer. I think that they, they will make significant roster changes. Yeah. That's what I've been told. They tried um, to do that at the deadline. They were not able because they don't have the assets or the cap space. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do that in the offseason. And I, I think everybody recognizes around the league and in this organization, frankly, that they don't have the talent on the roster to win at a high level in this league. I would not be shocked. And again, this is, this is just my opinion. This isn't like information or anything, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if, you know, one of the first major rumors you hear heading into the summer is Rudy Gobert. I think that there's a lot of people around the league who, who would have interest in Rudy, but it's got to be the right kind of deal because the Jazz don't have assets. So the Jazz are definitely going to have to take a beating on that to move him. Well, and I think what you found out at the trade deadline is that the Jazz are open to conversations, but I think they realize that Rudy's value is very, very mediocre. Yeah. He does not have high value around the league. I mean, if, if you look at what we know about that situation, and that is that the Jazz spoke to three Eastern Conference teams, um that you know you you look at what Rudy's value is I think his I think people believe he's at his upside right now I think people believe that Rudy Gobert's development is complete and that this is who this guy is and it's very difficult if you look at if you look at historically centers who don't give you much offense Mm -hmm. Andre Drummond is a is a good example or you know pick the guy you want to point to you you have to have two other elite players around him and that's very difficult to afford in today's NBA economics yeah I mean Rudy's 29 like do we all are we all on the same page with that like he's not 25 anymore yeah his developmental years are likely behind him I mean it it, you're that's why you know everybody gets all upset when I say you got to go all in on Don Donovan Mitchell is a young star player in this league who's not in his prime yet yeah he is on the precipice he's at the doorstep of his prime He's not in his prime yet. So you have a lot more longevity and you have a lot higher ceiling with a guy like Donovan Mitchell than you do with Rudy Gobert. And Rudy's limitations offensively and the money he's making, it's a natural way to quickly flip your roster. So the the outrage that goes with trading Rudy Gobert is just not well thought out. Yeah. You know, Uh, Brandon Whiteside, good morning to you. He says, you two are hilarious. All doom and groom, gloom. Everyone needs to go. Well, I haven't said everyone needs to go. What's funny is, what's funny is, and and I don't even need to hear the rest of the comment because I I know what you're gonna say. It's something around, oh, Rudy's really good, and you guys don't value Rudy, and and that's what you always say. And I think that we're fourth in the West, first last year, two three All Stars. You don't have two or three All Stars. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You have you have two legitimate All Stars in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. That's it. Yeah, let's not exaggerate. You don't have three All Stars. You don't have two, three All Stars. 
Only one team can win. Don ain't winning a chip better than here with Quinn. I'm telling you now, if depending on where he would go, if Donovan goes to the Knicks, which is what everybody says, the Knicks are a dysfunctional train wreck. He's not winning a championship with the Knicks. But if he's not going to win a championship, he's going to go play on a team he's passionate about. And that's up to him. By the way, I don't think he's ever said that he's going to the Knicks. I, I don't believe that that I, – I think that that was – I think that that was a, sum, a summation of his thought by somebody else. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's ever said, I want to be traded to the Knicks. I know for a fact that Donovan Mitchell's not demanded a trade from the Jazz. Yeah. I, I think that's all a bunch of hyperbole and bullshit, frankly. Um, I think what Donovan Mitchell has said, it, it, from what I've been told in, in sources at the Jazz, essentially confirmed it word for word. Donovan said, I want to win championships. More than one. And if we're not headed in that direction here, I'm I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. Period. And if you're unhappy that your players are saying that, it's a you problem. Yes. If you don't want your players telling you, hey, if we're not going to win a championship and if we're not competing for a championship and if we're not moving in a championship direction, Devin Booker said, I'm going to go play somewhere else likely. Devin Booker, this is what pisses people off. The comparison Devin Booker and, and Donovan Mitchell. Devin Booker essentially said without saying, if we're not winning championships, I'm going to the Lakers. Yeah. Devin Booker never said I'm going to the Lakers. Devin Booker never demanded a trade. But the message was sent loud and clear. Devin Booker was going to leave if the Suns didn't take drastic action. So what did the Suns do? They took drastic action. Yeah. And they remade the roster completely. They had a great draft. They hired James Jones. He had a great draft period. They went and got Chris Paul. They went and got uh, uh, veterans who understand how to win. Jay Crowder is a great example, Jazz fans. Yeah. And they built a contender that's developed, come together under Monty Williams, and now they're the best team in the NBA. Yeah. That doesn't happen with a limited offensive skill set of, of guys who can't defend. So when we say, oh, blow everything, yeah, you need, to, you need to make significant change on the roster. You don't have depth. You don't have youth. You don't play your youth. So I mean, you can if, you, you if, can say what you want to say, but you, you're, I mean, you're just you're completely wrong, Brandon. With all due respect, I mean, I like you. I like I appreciate that you're here, but you consistently show up and say, "Well, we're fourth in the West, and we were first last year. What's the big deal? Who cares about last year? Who cares? The problem is last year matters to the extent that you were you had the best record in the NBA, and you still went out in the second round." Because that's exactly who you are. And everybody's like, well, if we were healthy, nobody was healthy last year. Not coming out of COVID, nobody was healthy. What if the Brooklyn Nets had been healthy? Well, I don't know because they weren't, so they didn't. You know, like it just, it just is what it is. You're married to a guy in Mike Conley who's never healthy. You went and got a guy in Rudy Gay who hasn't been healthy. You keep making the same mistake over and over again. So you're going to have to suffer through some really bad times. Call it doom and gloom if you want, bro. But again, don't come here and expect like some some sugar-coated take. Like we're 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 looking at the team and we're saying, "Okay, this is what it is." And by the way, what's really funny, and I think this should be pointed out, not that we we really try to stay away from like the we told you so thing and we're right yeah. and all that stuff, but I think it's really funny 
that now, after we've been saying it for two years, everybody in the media is starting to come around to the idea that Rudy Gobert is not the is not sliced bread, and Rudy Gobert isn't the guy that's going to take you to the NBA Finals with Donovan Mitchell. And it's funny how all of this is playing out now. You can see what like why is it why is it categorized as doom and gloom on this show to say this is a second round team. It's a second round team. The roster didn't change from last year. So what would change this year? Okay, well, have they developed at all? Has there been a coaching change? Has Have they has, ever won a championship so you can be satisfied with a second-round entry or exit? No, no. They've never won a championship. Elmendi no. um, Mustafik says, I agree with you on a lot of stuff, but I disagree we'd never develop young talent. I think the Jazz get the best out of players. Name me a player that left Utah and was much better. Yeah. Well, I think you're exactly right on that. But I also think that they have not seen top end out of guys. And when you have had as many draft picks as the Jazz have had, I mean, you would think you would strike gold with just one of them. With just one of them. And Donovan Mitchell's probably that guy. Yeah. Like right now, of the guys that you in, – in, yes, I understand they drafted and traded. I, I don't care. He was on the team. He's been in the NBA, and he's always been a Jazz man. He's probably that guy. But what I point to with Don is where does his development come from? Well, it's come from Chris Brickley's gym. That's where it's come from. So it, it, I think it's a two-way street. El, El Medin, I think you're right to a certain extent in that I can't think of a guy who's left the Jazz and gone on to superstardom. Um, I, You know, honestly, just sitting here, the Gordons of the world, the Ennis Freedoms of the world, the... Darren Williams had a nice run. Darren Williams, but Darren Williams, his best days were in a Jazz uniform, I think. Um, you know, like just thinking about guys who have come and gone here, the Trey Lyles, way, the but, Trey Burks. But hold the, on, but either way, I mean, we can <coughs> go down the we can go down the track record of guys, and and I, and I'm with you. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's a terrible take. You know, like, hey, the Jazz seem to get the best out of players, but but right now we're in this moment in time and this is all that matters i don't care about the past or like you know all these guys before you're you're at a point where where you're in the playoffs every year and you're not good enough to to, to win a championship that is the worst spot to be in sports and call it doom and gloom if you want but it's the truth yeah you are you are you are good enough to be relevant and be in the postseason but you can't get over the hill whether it's in the bubble or or whether it's in the you know last year whatever you know and and I just I I can't get down with with folks from the fan base who are like oh well you guys just hate the Jazz I can't tell you the number of people who have come on this show in the comments section for the first time and said you guys just hate the Jazz well then they start listening and all of a sudden we don't hate the Jazz anymore because it's the correct stance. It's the right – it's the situation of the team, dude. I don't think winning in sports is the rocket science people make it out to be. Yeah. The biggest mistakes that this team have made is they wasted draft assets. They were – you should have – I mean, again, I just plainly point to Devin Booker. Devin Booker should be on the Utah Jazz. He should not be a Phoenix Sun. It's, it's mistakes like Dante Exum, Trey Lyles – um, it's guys like, and, and yes, I know you turn Trey Lyles in the Devin, in the Don, we, we get it. It's, it's mistakes like Rodney hood. Yeah. It's, it's guys that you consistently busted on 
you didn't turn you didn't turn Gordon Hayward into anything. You let him walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a dick. He's the worst person in the world. Gordon Hayward's a scumbag. We get it. We get it. You still made a huge mistake in letting him walk away for no compensation. And why did it happen? Because you let him get into to restricted free agency and go find out that he's a sex machine that a lot of people wanted to sign to a contract. He's a brilliant guy. Should have signed and traded him or traded him. Yeah. But you let him walk away. Like this team... And I know, I know we always get crushed when we say this, Dennis Lindsay's incompetence and his his stewardship of this team was terrible. They sold cars. They didn't win games. Facts. And I'm telling you now, it's going to take you years to unwind that, that stuff. That doesn't mean you can't win while you're unwinding it. But what it means is you can't care what other people think, including the fan base. Yeah. You can't care what the fans think because the fans aren't the ones signing the checks and most fans don't have any idea how to win. Yeah. You want to win on this team? Replace Quinn Snyder. Essentially change just about every rock-solid guy on this roster. The, uh, you need to change your top eight guys with the exception of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And you need to get your financial house in order while you're doing it. And the quickest way to fix your money, because your money, you're you're absolutely foobarred on the salary cap. You're in the luxury tax. The Joe Ingles move that everybody's so upset, I can't believe he put on a Blazers uniform. It wasn't up to him. You saved what? $11 million in sal- in luxury tax? Yeah, go ahead and hang on to him because he's a nice guy or pay $11 million. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like you have to make these moves and you don't have to like it. Well, what you do do is you have to subscribe and you have to give us a thumbs up right now. Keep it here. real. I'm keeping it real. Um. Wow. Chappelle show's amazing. Woo! Um, it, it just it's a it's remarkable to me that jazz fans get so emotional and you can't think through pragmatically what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to you have to get more draft picks. You have to, you have no draft picks, none. You traded two away for somebody to take an expiring contract. Wild. And Wild. by the way, where's Alexander Walker and how come he's not playing more? And I don't want to hear he's got to learn the system. Tell him to dribble the ball up. Tell him to dribble the ball up and pass it to Donovan Mitchell and then run through the paint. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Go stand in the corner. (laughs) And when it comes to you, shoot a three. Shoot a three. Like, I would play him more. I would would downsize Royce O'Neal significantly. Because what are we getting out of him besides turnovers? Cut his minutes. Like, you want to be pragmatist? You want to know how to fix this team right now? Play Royce O'Neal less. Play Trent Forrest more. Play Eric Paschal more. Play Nick Alexander Walker more. That's how that's how you change things. Yeah. You want to downsize and change? Play Jared Butler more. Play Jared Butler more. He, you can't play him instead of Royce because they play two different positions. Mm-hmm. Anytime Mike Conley's not in the game, Jared Butler should be in the game. Yep. Is it going to cost you a couple of wins? Sure it is. He's probably going to turn the ball over. <laughs> but when the game's on the line, is Mike Conley going to be in the game? Yes, he is. When you need a shot, a three is Jared Butler or Mike Conley. I'm taking Mike Conley. But that doesn't mean I can't play Jared Butler 15, 20 minutes a night. And I'm going to suffer through that for a couple of weeks until he gets better. Because that kid, every time he bounces the ball in a game of of consequence, will get better. And he's already messing with dudes with his handle. I mean, he's already got talent. Well, if nothing else, Brandon, you do serve to fire people up. Gavin Dale, real quick before we start ripping Phil Mickelson. Gavin Dale says Gordon Gordon was a punk, but everyone knew he was going to Boston a year before it happened. 
So why didn't you trade him to Boston? Yeah. Why give him away for free? Trade him to Boston. Then let him why write. Why did his, they? Why did then, they? Then let him write a stupid little blog and say Listen, goodbye. Why did they trade James Harden? Oh, that's right. Because James Harden was going to leave the team. Do you guys all remember the 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 summer of 2013, 2014? The Ennis Cantor, Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors restricted free agency shit. Derek Favors was a good, not great player that everybody here was like, oh my God, it's injustice. <laughs> ah! Facts. <laughs> you lost your minds over Derek Favors, who was a good, never great player here. I love Derek. Good guy, good community guy, loves good barbecue. Smoking Bones was literally his favorite restaurant in Utah Smoking was Smoking Bones, Bones so Barbecue. Good, but he wasn't, he was never going to win a championship here. Never. Wasn't going to happen. I got in, and, and thankfully somebody retweeted a, a couple of months ago where I said, at the time it was Cantor, let NS Cantor go, play Rudy Gobert, get the most out of him you can. And all the comments in that tweet were, you're an asshole, you don't know what you're talking about, la, 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 what did they do? Well, now Rudy Gobert is like an all-star, he's the defensive player of the year multiple times, like, Get rid of this this dead weight. Trim the fat. Like, do some sit-ups, chubby. Like, do, like get rid of, like, be a six-pack, man. Fat. You know, I, anyway. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Jazz should uh, play Jaron Hall. Boom. Nailed it. Totally yeah, agree. Uh, Greg Hawkins, good morning to you, my friend. He says, Jazz fans are emotional because half of us are zoobs. Oh, wow. There we go. Uh, Gavin Dale says DL had a couple of good moves in getting Rudy and Don, but that's about it. He ended up doing so much damage to this team. Doke instead of Bain trading too much to get MC the favors contract. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, I said we, we should have traded Gordon in the comment you did, but I don't, I can't read. So yeah, it's kind of a, you know, and then there's Phil Mickelson after you hit, give us a thumbs up and a like here, please. We need to talk about Phil Mickelson because yeah. guess what? We're short on time. Now, this isn't um, a golf show, right? Yeah, this isn't not the golf, golf show. show, you know. Um, I don't want to hear people saying, why are we talking golf? We're not talking golf. We're talking We're talking. <laughs> I actually like it. I like golf. What's wrong well, yeah, with Well, yeah, I like golf, too. But we're not talking about it on this show. Yeah, I mean, you know, last time, last week we talked about golf and everyone lost their mind. So. I drive a Subaru. Hey. Subi flow. Hey, you know. Anyway. Jake I'm not really it. sure what that has to do with that. We can but. be sitting in a restaurant, and my my daughter over here will. No, Your I'm daughter. I'm just playing with you. Uh, my guy Jake <laughs> will be sitting in a restaurant, right? And we'll be talking, and we'll be having nice daddy daddy son talk, you know? Right, right. Dad, what are the birds and the bees? Subi flow, and like a Subi. Yeah, he'll be like, "Whoa, Subaru!" You'll like hear it. You can't even see it, and you know what a Subaru sounds like. And Jake will be like, "Oh my god." Oh my God, it's a Subaru. <laughs> I can smell its sex and its aura. Hey guys. I think it's blue, but it's not an STI. Let's settle this right now. Next time, pay the money, you little bitch. Get the wing. Take that, you clap having Jezebel. <laughs> Put the wing on the trunk lid. <laughs> it's a shopping cart. Oh, but that Subaru exhaust. I love you so much. Okay, what were we talking about? Oh. You're casual. <laughs> That's totally you. I like, like cars. We're what? sitting in the living room, and we're at my mother-in-law's house. I well, like cars. Her old house before she moved out with, you know, Dapper Don and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so at the house we're staying at, yeah, it happens there's a Subaru 
WRXSTI that is down the street. We didn't know that. Right. And we're like sitting there and Jake's like half asleep. Yeah. You know, like. Yep. And the Subaru goes by. <laughs> and Jake's to like. What do I owe this pleasure? Jake's like, I heard it. That's a Subaru. It's blue. It's rolling on. I would. It's rolling on 16s. <laughs> and I can smell that wing on the trunk lid. Facts. So anyway, I should probably stop. Wow. Okay. I should, I should probably stop. Yes, Quentin. Quentin Moyer says, Jake going to have sex with it with the tailpipe. I really don't care if you think it's sus. That's exactly right. Yeah. That, you know? Do you guys even watch golf? Jeremy Bolton says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back in my day, we made fun of Subi guys, Tyler P says. So do we. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says Subaru is the jack in the box of golf. You're casual. Dude, do you even watch Subarus? Like, I don't even think you watch Subarus. Come on. Come on. By the way, by the way, I would like to say. <laughs> If a Subaru was any item on the menu, it definitely would be the ultimate cheeseburger. No, it'd be Jack Tacos. No. They're no. tater tots. We don't eat fries in this house. We eat tater tots and we drive Subarus. Mm -hmm. This is fucking America. Hey, man, can I get a clay bar wax treatment? Never. Hey, and don't you forget to put that wheel right on those tires. Those are 18, sir. Come on, man. Hey, you know, see what I deal with? This is completely unplanned. You guys see what I deal with? Well, this is what happens when you smoke crack. Hey guys. Speaking of smoking crack, Phil Mickelson's in some trouble. Um, I don't I'm not saying he's ever smoked crack. He probably has. I mean he may have. I don't know. Um, so Phil Mickelson a couple of weeks ago essentially said or last week essentially said the Saudis uh, are awful people, but goddamn they pay well. Can I get hired? What an idiot. So he basically said they treat people terribly, they cut people's heads off, but they have a lot of money and we can teach the PGA Tour a lesson. Let's, Nazis. Yeah, let's do this. Well, KPMG didn't agree, and so they fired Phil Mickelson yesterday. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> KPMG said, nah, we're fine. We're going to go on without Phil Mickelson. So Phil Mickelson issued an apology and said he needs some time away from the sport to gather himself. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. So wait, are you saying that you're not going to take that Saudi blood money? How dumb do you think I am? Let me get this right. Saudi Arabia, he mentions in this interview he did on whatever podcast it was. Afghanistan. Yeah, I think it was in Afghanistan. That's probably true. Um, hey, you know, I know they cut off Jamal Khashoggi's head and other body parts, and I know they treat women terribly, and their human rights stuff is garbage, but they pay really well, and I want to stick it to the PGA Tour. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so KPMG cut ties with him, and there's people talking about the PGA Tour banning Phil Mickelson. They should. You think they should? Until he commits to not doing this, they should. <sighs> okay, first of all, it's not that he should commit to not pay playing for the Saudis because of the PGA Tour. He should commit to not paying, playing for the Saudis because they murder gay people, they hate women, and they cut people's heads off. They're savage. Maybe your mom didn't go to heaven. <laughs> wow. They didn't. They are. They didn't. They are. They have huge links to terrorism. I mean, it, it's you. You don't want to be in business with the Saudis unless you're Phil Mickelson. And by the way, you don't want to owe money to the Saudis, which and, is what the real issue is here. But isn't this why everybody hates Bryson DeChambeau? Because it looks like DeChambeau is going to be their dude. Okay, knock yourself out. I'm Team Kepka, right? Like. I'm just telling you, Phil Mickelson shouldn't be banned from the PGA Tour because he wants to play for the Saudis. He should be banned from the tour because he wants to play for the Saudis. 
right? Like, I don't understand in Phil Mickelson's brain, man, how this like mapped out and was a good idea. <laughs> oh God. Quentin Moyer says Phil's taking time off from golf to be an ISIS intern. Wow. <laughs> wow. You are. Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Uh, Ruff's official says Phil Mickelson. What about all the American citizens who were uh, in the Olympics for China? I don't know. We're not talking about the Olympics. U.S. Americans. And they didn't take money from from Beijing in the Chinese. And the U.S. said they could go participate. Phil Mick Phil Mickelson is getting paid blood money. He's a bum. I think there's a little difference. Kay Nuren says people will do anything for money. Yes, they will. Yes, Americans. Tyler P says Tiger and Kepka always been my guys. Okay. They lift and go to pound town. Yes, they do. You know, what about the NBA pandering to China to where there are currently concentration camps? I don't disagree with that. The the Daryl Morey Houston Rockets China scandal <clears throat> was a problem. Um, you know. Yeah, not ideal. Tyler P says he ain't lying. You know, Kay Nuren says, how about some Johnny Miller talk? Do you know who Johnny Miller is? No. Never heard of him. Does he drive a Subi? He's a bum. <laughs> hey. You can't ban Phil Mickelson because he wanted to go play for a competitor. You ban Phil Mickelson because he he Dude, you need to stick it to Phil Mickelson. Like No, you don't. Like you need to you need <laughs> no, to be like like this is an opportunity for the PGA, in my opinion. I think the reason that you would you would suspend Phil Mickelson for five years, which is what some people have said, which I think is incredibly a harsh penalty, and it'll never happen. But if you suspend Phil Mickelson for a year, yeah. you're sending a message that taking money from terrorists and murderers is never acceptable on the PGA Tour and really should never be acceptable anywhere. Afghanistan. And I, I would further say... Now that we, well, how do I say this kindly? Now that we're back to a government that doesn't embrace terrorism. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Wow. <laughs> My point is, Keep now that. it real. <laughs> I should stop. Oh uh, Jeremy Bolton says Phil is the subway of golf. Oh, dude. I ain't wrong. Um, anyway, okay. Now that we have a president who doesn't owe money to the South, well, who doesn't, hey guys. Who doesn't uh, have his debt purchased. Anyway, what I meant to say was we as Americans, as U.S. Americans. Yeah, you know. You know. Yeah. We right. don't. U.S. Americans. We don't supplement terrorists or work. <laughs> you know, like we don't. We don't take money from terrorists in this country anymore. <laughs> again, I we just you know and stuff you know and stuff. Yeah, that's why Phil should be suspended because it, this is an embarrassing black eye for the PGA Tour, and guys like Bryson DeChambeau should not be welcomed. I'm going to say this again. How does how does anybody affiliated with this Saudi tour have a sponsor? Yeah. How come KPMG? took so long to fire Phil Mickelson's ass. Maybe they're giving him a chance to correct it. By the way, where's Callaway? Callaway is his other major sponsor. Why is Callaway like, oh, okay, cool. Do we get a discount on oil? I'm going to do that. You know, like, why is, 
why are they AWS okay with it? I think AWS has been on his shirt too a couple of times. I don't understand why anybody who sponsors any if if I'm a sponsor on any of the shirts or visors or hats of any of these guys that are taking Saudi money, I'm out. Whether it's Titleist, Ping, Callaway, Nike, I don't care. Yeah. You want to tr- you know fix the PGA Tour and okay, set up a labor stoppage. That's how you really change things. Impact their cash. This Saudi thing has now been wrecked, Phil. Yeah. Like, I I think what else Phil Mickelson did here is he torpedoed the idea of a competitor coming in for the PGA Tour. And it's mainly because, well, they cut people's heads off. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. (laughs) You know. Other than that, the Saudis are fine people, except that, you know, if you're gay, they want to kill you. Oh, and, and, you know, other than the fact that they cut people's heads off, you dick. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know who you're dealing with? Oh, my God, dude. And you are you're taking their money, bro. You're taking and, – and never mind that Phil Mickelson, by some accounts, is only taking the Saudi money who cut – never mind. He's only um, taking their money because he's in gambling debt. No. I'm just telling you, the PGA Tour got stronger here, not weaker. It's not good. And I would suspend Phil Mickelson for a calendar year. I would. Um, Fat Jesus makes probably the best point of the day. Right. Bryson should have lost his sponsorship for being a douche. Yeah. I mean. Because you're a douche. Yeah, dude. He, we used to have. He, I, he, I know. Yeah. I, I, Would you guys say this situation is any different than American players going to play professional basketball in China? Uh, yes. I would. It's I quite would. Quite a bit different. I, I think. Listen, the China thing is a problem. The China, they, they, in my opinion, and I don't want to get into all the ins and outs of it. They're practicing genocide in China. There's just no doubt about that. They're, they they are practicing genocide. Yeah. And they're communists. And they work on a daily basis to usurp the authority and undermine the ability of Americans to thrive. Yes. But I understand why the J-I-M-M-E-R is playing basketball for the Shanghai Sharks. I get it. It's a lot of money. What do you say to what a lot of people don't know, and only because I'm an obsessive soccer fan, they also had a thriving soccer league that went bankrupt where they paid guys tens of millions of dollars more than anybody else. Like China has money. That's why guys go there. Why does Nike sell shoes there? Cause they have money. Yeah. Why does the NBA want to want to have a fan base there? Cause they have money and it makes them money. Right? So I understand it. It, you cannot compare any of those situations to the Saudis who cut people's heads off for crying out loud. These civilized like, people, they'll eat each other. Are you kidding me, Phil? Like, what are you doing, bro? This is, a, it's amazing to me. If you don't understand the Jamal Khashoggi situation, go read about it. They cut his body up inside of their embassy. I, that's I, who you're dealing with, yeah. man. Because he wrote, articles that they didn't like so they chopped his body up and then sent a body double out wearing his clothes yeah i've been immunized you know like this is i I, anyway tyler p says uh 
LaChina James running that department in the NBA. LaChina La James. LaChina James. <laughs> you guys, let me ask you this. If you're LaChina James, you would do what differently? Explain to me what you're telling. Okay, so just <laughs> you're LeBron James. You wouldn't sell your shoes in China. Well, of course you would. Okay, so you have an NFT. You're not going to sell it to anybody in China. You're going to block every China IP address. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're, you're, you're your dream is to play basketball in the NBA, J-I-M-M-E-R. He shouldn't go to China and play. He should just quit playing basketball. That's not how it works. What are you talking about? Oh, well, the Saudis, who have no stake in golf whatsoever. At all. And have I mentioned that they cut people's heads off? Never. And all of a sudden, they're taking money and buying players to form a golf league to compete with the PGA Tour. You know what they did to Khashoggi. You know what they do to women. You know what they do to gays. You know what they do to just about everybody who's not them. Yeah. And you're still taking their money. You know that they have state-sponsored terrorism in Saudi Arabia. And you're and okay with it. You're okay with it. It's amazing. I agree. The Chinese are are not a government that you want to support in any way, shape, or form. That's not the fault, A, of the Chinese people. So my 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 point is there are different situations with different with different morality plays. I think it's completely different. Dude. It's just completely different. Uh Ruff's official says China has hundreds of thousands of Muslims in concentration camps. But it's different than the Saudis. Yes, absolutely, it's different than the Saudis. Is it right? No, it's not. No. It's not. In an idyllic world, would would we sell shoes in China? We wouldn't. In an idyllic world, would the largest e-commerce website on the planet come out of China? It wouldn't. Does it? Yeah, it does. Does Amazon thrive only probably because of the Asian markets? It does. Does every U.S. company do business? Any major multi, uh, you know, national multi-billion dollar company, Nike, Apple, do they do business there? Yes. How many of you have iPhones? Well, what, does that make you a hypocrite? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's not the way the world works. Yeah. The difference here is you know you're taking blood money. You know exactly what you're doing and who you're doing it for. And you're helping them grow their footprint. You're helping them grow their reach. Like there's a thousand and one ways this is different from China. Yeah. A thousand and one ways it's different than China. Should LeBron sell shoes in China on a moral level? Yeah, he should. <laughs> on an idyllic level, probably not. But, you know, I, I, I think what people don't want to talk about is that Everybody's like, oh, Nike profits on the death of people jumping off of factories. Sweatshops. And Apple makes money. People suicide. Okay, so what about the people that those phones create a livelihood for? Like, there's a, there is a cycle in this world yeah. that you don't have to like. But it powers the planet. And it powers humanity. I mean, we, there's there's something on every continent. Why are we sending money out of this country when we have an, an epidemic of mental health and homelessness in this country? 
Why are we sending money out of this country when we have an epidemic of service people who cannot function normally? But we don't want to talk about that. We want yep. to talk about, you know, LaChina James. <laughs> like it, it. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what our culture is. That's what our society is, man. It's the same thing. Yep. 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 You know. Yep. I, I like. Yeah. Anyway, China is like the Taco Bell of countries. Jeremy Bolton says Greg Hawkins says no more like the Panda Express. Wow. You know. Wow. Okay. okay. Can we talk about. What do we want to talk about? Frozen pain. Oh, that's right. Speaking of Beijing. Frozen pain. Now, listen, I am a guy that wears a size 15 shoe, so I know a thing or two about penises. You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. Now, I would never partake in cross-country skiing or the biathlon. Okay. Biathlon, excuse me. Right. You know. um, Just on premise alone. So biathlon is where you cross-country ski, stop for 10 seconds, shoot, and then cross-country ski some more. It is the most difficult sport in the world, I think. Right. So it was remarkably cold in Beijing for the Olympics. And this dude from Finland refused to layer up so, you know, like his dick wouldn't freeze. (laughs) So he's taking part in the biathlon and literally... His unit froze. Bro. He is going through the biathlon. And apparently his dongle did not appreciate the lack of warmth and comfort. Dude. And so it froze like a popsicle. It froze like a popsicle. That's how they described it. Yes. Um, It froze like a popsicle. And that was not my ass. That was my foot, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> I went, I moved my foot and it made like that basketball squeaking sound. And Jake immediately looks at my ass like, what happened? Uh, but anyway, um, so this guy's going through the biathlon and his penis froze. Can you even imagine? His I said his penis. They cut people's heads off. Dude. And his penis froze. Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. So the way he described it, and you do the math on this because I certainly have not been able to figure it out. He's like, I, he, the, the reports say he crossed the finish line at the biathlon screaming for medical attention. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. <laughs> so they brought him a cluster of warm rocks in a rag. Oh, my God. And they wrapped his penis in a warm cloth with rocks. I'm a fucking unit. Because some described it as a popsicle. Wow, dude. His pe- I said his penis was frozen solid. So let me get this right. It's not just that your penis was cold or that it had been frostbitten, let's say, or, you know, whatever. His variation. penis, it was frozen like a popsicle. It was frozen solid, bro. Now, I have some questions. Dude. I have some questions. This dude's got to be hung like a cat, a cow or a horse or something. Keep like, it real. This guy's got to have like a four foot long piece of pipe. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just curious. How did this thing freeze? It's got <laughs> <laughs> This guy's got to have. Uh, buddy. 
I mean, this got, how long is the phone pole? What's an erection? Is it, and is it just like out there, like, like flopping around in the cold breeze? And second of all, how come it didn't like inject itself into the abdominal region to keep warm? Does his penis not have like <laughs> self preservation mechanisms? Bro. Like, I, and I don't, I'm not saying that like, mm, but like, was Can you measure it? Was there blood flowing at the time? Cock a doodle doo. <laughs> Because whenever I'm cold like that, my flag isn't going up. It's going down. Yeah. So how did the thing like... I don't know, dude. It does beg the question. <laughs> it really does. I would love to... I, I'm i not saying... I wear a size 15 shoe and... Right. Right. You okay. know... And what, um, is that, what does that mean? Okay. That I have big socks. Okay. I'm for real. But my point is... Okay. Okay. I have trouble believing that this dude, like you, and by the way, did I mention this is not the first time his dick froze? This is the part that I'm fascinated by. This is the second time in his career. Oh, wait. The second time this season that his dick froze during a race. How, bro? How do you keep doing this to yourself? I don't know. How did that thing not shrink up into his abdomen to protect itself? And I mean, was he just wearing the suit? Was he not wearing boxers or like some compression pants? In my, no, he was not. He had on uh, he had on compression and then his suit, bro, which is super thin. It has no warming material in it at all. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. You, that's just and it not was, smart. It was like minus twelve. And so my point is, like how like this is a big piece of pipe. Like, did you not have a weather station on that thing? No. Did you not have like a, how do you, dude, how do you not notice like your boy down there is freezing? I, Can you not tuck it in? I, at some point, doesn't it go numb? That might, I don't know. I've never frozen my penis before. <laughs> I've never, I've never, I, I never have had this issue. I have no idea. According on, to man. the news. Greg Hawkins says, clad in thin suits and underlayers in minimal headgear and skiers were barely protected from the elements and the competition was deemed brutal. Bro. Yeah, no kidding, Kay Nurin. Was he on the, the blue pill? Was he like, mm, let's go. I'm for real. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like, how did, I don't understand how it froze. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I guess I just don't understand why you wouldn't protect yourself more. Why you wouldn't no. at least just layer up around your, 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 package tyler no he didn't when he finished 28th neat isn't it you froze your dinghy and you finished 28th yeah please respect my privacy next question don't you just somebody's like here man take my medal take my bronze that's you know like and by the way does it uh, does it still work i think that's hipaa I mean, does it? I mean, you got frostbite for the second time. Does that thing still work? Does that gun that still? That kitty cat is not yeah. yours to have. Okay? Does that thing still shoot bullets? I... Like, are you gonna have to get like a skin graft on that bad boy? Oh, no. You know, why use warm rocks to warm it instead of using all natural warmers? Because I don't think he could put it in the the natural warmer in its current. That would, dude. No. Nah, I'm, I'm fine. <clears throat> Greg Hawkins says he's from Finland. They must be built differently. Yeah, dude. He's hey, a man. savage, bro. I don't know how else to say it, but that dude, I mean. Concept you and your sticky fingers probably find hard to grasp. 
I cannot comprehend the size of that thing. Can if you it imagine froze. the pain? Oh, no. He said it was more painful when it thawed out. When it thawed out. <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean. It. No, I don't know. Quentin Moyer wants to know if freezing your dick is normal. He goes, freezing your dick isn't normal? No, it's not. Sometimes I think I just you say know. shit. Sample what comes out of my mouth. Oh, Jeremy Bolton makes a good point. Well, he's no longer friends with Craven Moorhead. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about dinner last night. Because, wow, what the hell was that? I, my neck is stiff, bro. We don't have, okay, so we don't have caffeine. We're on less sleep. Like but whose fault is, is That's this? not my fault. That's not my fault. Who paid I for dinner last here, night? dog. I paid for- No, uh, dude paid for dinner. Okay, who paid for lunch? Uh, You did. Because you never pay for shit. Right, uh-huh. But, by the way, who went to the store last night? I did. Yeah, because your girlfriend was like, hey, man, um, my Aunt Flo wants to meet at the store. Right? Strawberry Fields Forever. Yes. So you run to the store- you got what she needed. Did you get like dear old dad? No, needs because some, I didn't know we you know, were out of caffeine until I got back. You're a damn liar. I'm not actually. So you're going to go to the store now? Uh, if you get off the damn show, I could run up to the gas station, but you're not <laughs> going to do that. So I can't. Idiot. You know. That's enough of that crap. Yeah. You know. Uh, so we went over to dude's house last night. The new boyfriend for my mother-in-law. Right. You walk in the house. A, it smells like pee. B... <laughs> B, there's a bowl on the coffee table in the living room. And it's full of shell casings from a rifle. And he's like, yeah, come on in. Have a seat. And let's chat. Never mind that there's a picture of a one-eyed cat on the wall framed. Like, this place is straight out of, like, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it, it was interesting, you know, I mean, it, it's a nice house in a nice neighborhood, but, um, you know, it's, it's got some quirks about it, if you know what I mean. Mainly the people that live there. I mean, it's got um, some quirks about it, you know? But, but, you know, I just think it's really interesting to me. This dude, I, th th this house is straight out of the Brady Bunch. Like, it is in a time warp. It, I mean... You need to remodel that house. They were talking about doing that, but I just... There's a ceiling tray, and it's got, like, crown molding in it, and then it just ends. Where'd the rest of the molding go? <laughs> and, like, the furniture... You know how, like, you hang your TV on the wall? Like, they've got, like, cabinets everywhere. Yeah, it's it's encased. It's, it's like, uh, you know... And he's clearly center. not good with plants, because all the plants in his house are, like, fake rubber trees, like, fake rubber plants. It's just weird. Yeah. It's what did weird. you think? What did you think of the dinner place last night? We went to an Italian place. We went to an Italian place, and it was really good. Mm. Actually, it was authentic Italian food in uh, Laguna Beach. It was really good. We didn't get home till like I didn't go to bed till like ten twenty. Yeah. It was not good. And I don't know who's the asshole who didn't get caffeine yesterday. You. But, you know, whatever, dude. <laughs> you. Uh, you know. Yeah. Richard Nibbler and Richard Cabiza are good names too. Okay. You know, Sally Palmer. Yes. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, so he still beat half the field with a frozen D. Yes. There dude. are 60 people in that race. 28th. He beat half the field. with. And a frozen by the D. way, they shortened the race 20 kilometers. 
That should also be said. Yeah, because it was the, because <laughs> of the weather. Let's be. It was if that's if you're freezing your Johnson, it's cold. Johnson. And, but I still don't understand how it didn't shrink up into the thing, the area. Yeah. By the way, we didn't talk about playing Xbox in the back seat with your kids. Yeah, gotta talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, All you parents I, I out know. there that let your kids just roam endlessly on the internet. It's not well, good for why them. Why do you guys always end on a sex topic? We don't end on a sex topic. The guy's topic. dick froze off. What do you want from us? Tell me that this isn't the content you're here for. Please. They're cutting people's heads off. My wife sent me that story. She's like, you guys got to talk about this on the show. He froze his dick. Come on, guy. Oh, Mrs. Monty for the win. All right. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Um, we'll get you ready for second half NBA. Well, the NBA season to resume. Um, you know, Giggity says, I'm here for Monty's sex ed. True. Uh, they're cutting people's heads <laughs> off, LOL, Tanner Plummer says. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Phil.